0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Functional Spirituality. Today we're continuing this conversation that is meant to help us unpack the fearful elements that a lot of us are holding and are very uncomfortable as we continue to navigate the COVID pandemic two years on. And I have received a lot of feedback saying that these conversations or the conversations from last week and even last year have really helped to bring more ease, more neutrality, um, more humanity back into the relationships, um, which is exactly what I wanted I was really hoping, I know for myself, conversation and a safe space for the subconscious mind to have like a neutral space just to unpack and unravel and to become more aware of the kind of fearful elements in our stories. Tara Brock speaks about bringing these fearful elements above the lines. And so she's referring to bringing fearful elements of our, um, narratives and our beliefs and our emotions into our conscious awareness. And as soon as we do that, we have the power to unpack them and to reconcile them. Meaning that we can take out that really painful charge, the unnecessary painful charge, that is accompanying our thought processes and behaviors as each of us need to navigate a scary, challenging, and continuously changing and ambiguous time, (laughs) depending on if you're navigating family, relationship, business, your career, your health. There's so much to navigate right now. And I I guess I was a little bit worried that these conversations would fall on deaf ears because I know so many people kind of put their hands up and say, I don't want to hear another thing about it. I don't want to think about it. And actually so many of you, I mean, last week it was one of my most listened to podcasts. Um, it, It was like 300 people listened to it in the first couple of days Where in the first week, normally we have like 200 people listening to a podcast and then, you know, people catch up later. So, yeah, you're interested in this conversation. I got a lot of feedback that it actually provided the exact transformation that I was hoping to provide, which was basically a transformation into less suffering, so more ease and joy, and also more presence and more power with your own your own freedom, your own capacity to think and behave in a way that feels aligned with the way you want to think and behave. Because, you know, we might think, oh, I've got control over my thoughts, I've got control over my behavior, I am the, you know, master of my own destiny, which that sentiment is valid in a certain context, but in our, you know, in the context that we're living in now and in our deconditioning context, actually we need ways of actually skillfully bringing in that empowerment instead of just declaring it and and hoping it's there. It is there on some level. Um, There are those moments where you can just snap yourself out of unhealthy behaviors and thoughts. And in any moment, we can do that um, easier than trying to just change those patterns of behavior. But to really change the patterns, we want a more functional and we want a little bit of a deeper approach which is exactly what this conversation is is meant to offer us. And now we're on to part two. Having said all that, though, I actually have another announcement um, off the back of last week's podcast. Um, I shared about my vaccination status, that currently I'm not double vaccinated and how I fall under mandates to not be able to teach yoga classes But actually over the weekend I was doing more research and I mean I've been looking at these mandates and the websites and these directives for the past two years and so I've got a pretty keen eye for the details of it and what they actually mean and um, it came to my attention that actually yoga studios are one of the businesses there are other ones as well that the employees are not mandated to be double vaccinated but the customers are and that's plain and simple Um, it's crystal clear I've had my advisors check it I've had one of my yoga studio friends call the hotline Um, things are so confusing and, and people try to conflate the directives with common sense to say if you know customers are needing to show proof of vaccination, then so should the employees, but there are some industries that have not had the employees mandated. So of course I can do even more research, but, you know, I'm actually a little bit embarrassed that, you know, I I guess that's just my own, um, flavor of internal pressure that I have that If I am leading this space, I do need to not miss those small details, but at the same time, I a hundred percent understand how I would miss those small details as well. And there are many times where I've followed the directives to the letter and then they've realized that there is a common sense mistake and they'll just go, you know, change the wording on the website and then the entire business needs to change its operations. Um, but at this time you know this time it's not related only to yoga studios there are a couple of other places like I've heard before and I can see clearly that bottle shops you need to be vaccinated to be a customer you do not need to be vaccinated to be an employee so there are some other places where this is applying so it's a it's a big cluster of confusion and and mess and there's a lot of It's a really difficult thing to navigate. People are really questioning the leadership and losing trust, you know, even if they don't want to lose trust in the government and the leaders that are guiding our state, um, trust is being lost because of the level of confusion, you know, on some level. And instead of taking that lack of trust and the anger, um, the frustration and the pain out on the leadership or... Alchemizing it into, you know, more self-awareness and more constructive um, initiatives on behalf of the individual, what we're seeing a lot is that the individuals are taking their pain out. Actually, Ellie was used this wording which which really resonated that people are taking their pain and anger out on a community level. So they're not able to direct their pain to the leadership, so they're transferring it into small business and family members and, yeah, on the level of the community, which we are seeing, I'm seeing in in many places, on the level of kind of bullying and from the really, really, really pro-vax, pro-mandate side, there's a lot of policing and micromanaging and in my opinion, when it's not yet necessary, but it's because of that fear that maybe it'll never be done. So that sense of really needing, taking that pressure to solve the problems and to fix things and make sure that everyone is a hundred percent compliance. And, and the whole community is scared of that. They, they don't want to be policed to a hundred percent compliance, compliance with the directives that are not really making 100% sense and that there's a lot of gray area and there's a strong message continuously from our premier to use common sense. Um, But people are feeling really scared. So many business owners are just so scared because there are people who are, you know, policing that 100% compliance. And then on the other end, we've got the full, full, full anti-vaxxers So, you know, those pro choice people tend to be somewhere in the middle, um, but the anti vaxxers with that really full on anger, you know, that real, real sharp, hate filled um, mistrust and anger. So, you know, both sides of that really extreme spectrum are, are carrying these subtle or overt toxic elements that are yeah I guess kind of being spread into the community from either angle. One is like this policing and the other one is this hate. That's the kind of way that I've experienced it so far at least and there's a there's a small mindedness there um that that comes you know with trauma and with fear, which we all are you know well within our means and well deserving to be experiencing that level of trauma and fear that leads to those kinds of behaviors and a small mindedness that is only looking at one particular fiber of one particular situation of what's happening at any point you know of course there's this overall narrative of fear whichever end people are on that they're you know get gleaning all of their um feelings and fears from there's that narrative but that narrative isn't that overarching fearful narrative that each side is plugged into is not being unpacked enough and it's impossible when there's that much fear that's not the biological that's not the way we biologically show up to you know when we're feeling really fearful to step back into that rationality and that's why these conversations are just um, applying that medicine of objectiveness and neutrality and um yeah equanimity to our minds and our subconscious and you know that's that's what the benefit of podcasts are it's just purely an auditory method and you're just taking in a kind of information that is meant to actually untie the previous information so kind of just works on us on a psychological level to yeah, make a little bit more space. So today, I, I want to just highlight briefly um, something that I've spoken about in many other places, which is just an objective perspective about why we're in the position that we're in now. Why is our society experiencing so much dysfunction? Why do our leaders think and behave in a way that, and that the people think and behave in a way that has toxic undertones and overtones that that characterize characterize the behavior? Why are we experiencing a downward spiral, meaning that things are getting a little bit dirtier on our planet, a little bit sadder, a little bit less sustainable, a little bit less functional and a bit more disconnected, even as some things get cleaner and happier and more sustainable and more functional and more connected. That's happening too, but the overall energy seems to be getting a little bit worse and we all feel the potential of a tipping point. That tipping point, you know, it's just that you know, 1% change in where the energy is, is balanced, but it's, it's so significant because it doesn't mean that something just got a little bit better. It means that the entire momentum has changed to get a little bit more functional, a little bit more connected, basically that upward spiral of flourishing and functionality instead of decay and suffering. So why are we in a downward spiral? And I think one of the things that makes me so comfortable and confident and neutral in my own journey right now is my philosophy about society and trauma that has been developing over the past three or four years of digging in more into the way our society is traumatized. So you may have heard my theory before. Um, about how society has come into place. So if we think about society, society is really just a word that describes how human behavior gets organized and the relational systems between humans starts to get organized. So how we relate together is no longer random, but starts to get organized with different structures based on our values. So initially, if we think about how, when society came into place, so when did we start to organize ourselves into roles and into hierarchies of power and functioning, you know, so the way that we started to turn from just simple hunter and gatherers into, you know, what we call civilization or more organized forms of that. And that's pretty much all over the planet, even in our indigenous cultures, there's a culture there. So it gets developed based on our values. And when this first came into place, the values, you know, according to my theory and many other people's theories as well, the values were surviving. The reason we started to organize was in order to survive better. And surviving doesn't just mean escaping immediate dangers and threats. Surviving also means getting ahead. So our society developed as a way of optimizing our survival and our functionality. So society was born out of nature's, you know, it wasn't something humans created. Humans are an expression of Nature's forces that tend towards survival. So, this is a, you know, well, it's a neutral thing. It's just nature. It's just what nature ended up doing through humans. Um, but, you know, as a human, we can think of it okay, this is inspiring. This is noble that society was created to help us survive and help us function better um, and help us to be optimized and to progress. You know, it wasn't out of greed. It wasn't out of dysfunction. It was out of this beautiful initiative of more functionality. And slowly, slowly, more and more structures came into place and they offered more and more chances of survival, more and more harmony within the society or within our, our cultures and within these groups of humans. But at some point, the way things were organized provided less advantage than they provided a disadvantage long-term to the communities. So there came a tipping point. Who knows? Was it just only 50 years ago? Was it 100 years ago? Was it 200 or 1,000 years ago where... There was a tipping point that the structures of society actually created more dysfunction than function. And only now, you know, I mean, we've been speaking about it for millennia, but only now do we really have the urgency and the opportunity and the communications to change that back into a positive spiral. But why, why would these structures and organizations of human behavior that were creating more functionality and more harmony suddenly turn negative actually it's not the structures themselves but the effect that it was producing inside of the human's nervous system so what society is is it's actually set a set of cognitive overrides in many ways so what that means is that it's a set of systems that are set in place that we have to abide with that are external. They're informed hopefully by our in- internal values, but they are external impositions that say, don't eat that apple or don't, you know, binge on all of our stores of food because we have a system of rationing food or don't just have sex with everybody because there's family systems to be respected. Don't just steal all these things, you know, all of these kind of Rules of governing ourselves are for the greater good, but they are an individual cognitive override. So it basically it is an imposition on top of our, our natural biological instincts. So it's a cognitive override and meaning like our cognitive intelligence, the things that we think about and rationalize about are imposing rules on our instinctual behaviors which I'm sure we all understand how that came to be. And actually, for adults, there's no problem in that, because we can understand. The problem is, is that that system of cognitive overriding, or basically the systems and structures of society that are very reasonable and well-received in an adult biological structure, Accidentally, or out of this ignorance, have also been transposed onto how we raise children and what an adult biological system can cope with and can thrive with, and what a child, infant, adolescent, even nervous system basically a developing nervous system that is reliant and dependent on their caregiver so it doesn't have its own autonomy yet it doesn't have a psychological self completely developed yet it doesn't have a physiological self fully developed yet it actually needs very particular qualities very particular behaviors and spaces held that are not only just very different if not quite opposing to the societal spaces that we hold and the cognitive override that helps us run society for adults they're very different to that but also they're very very vulnerable to spaces not being held in the kind of precision that they require because so much uh, so much survival for the developing human being psychologically and physically. And those are, there's such robust structures that need to be developed on both the physical and psychological level as we are, you know, developing from infant into an adult. We're so vulnerable and what we need is so opposite to what adults can cope with in order to manage society we are we are experiencing right now the effect of millennia of developmental trauma and it gets passed down as then these children turn into adults that are highly impaired psychologically and physically and then run society and then bring up children with serious design flaws basically so my theory is that at the same time as society started to be put in place that was the same time that suffering started to come in place slowly 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 more and more accumulative suffering was also being put in place by the way that the slowly the cognitive overrides got to be transferred into the way we bring up children. And this is a whole nother story in itself. But, you know, we're all starting to clue on to this idea that, okay, children might need something very different to what we received and what every one of our parents and grandparents have received for the last countless generations. We're cluing on that something needs to be a little bit different in the way that we bring up our children. But as this dysfunction started to manifest it's coming online at the same time as society starts to manifest and my theory is that spirituality has always been connected to this triangle as well actually i think there's there's a couple of other pieces to the triangle but basically as society developed suffering developed spirituality developed and the role of spirituality is to mitigate the suffering How, you know, why is there suffering? Maybe it's because we're not being good enough to the gods or something like that. Or, um, there's something wrong with us that we can, that if we are more sacred or connected to the sacred more that that can fix. So the role of spirituality has been to mitigate the suffering that has automatically being cultivated as our society has been developing based on values of surviving and getting ahead. So basically based on a fear response. And now we live in a society that is basically a dysregulated fear response. It's no longer an optimal organizational system for how we can work as humans together. So yeah, a lot to consider there, but that really gives me a lot more clarity and relaxation, recognizing that, okay, everything that's going on and is so crazy right now is not urgent only within this narrative. There's a greater narrative. There's something larger at play and something maybe more fundamental at play, which is that there is this unimaginable trauma in our system, There is unimaginable corruption embedded in our society as these, as society, you know, uh, it's what I want to talk about in one of the upcoming episodes as society produces these hierarchies and these inequities, um, strongly related to the way that business is run. So there are these key pieces that are creating this big web of dysfunction that's creating this big negative spiral that we're all finding ourselves in and it's no one's fault if you're unvaccinated you're not contributing to this if you're really for segregation and vaccinations you're not contributing to this this is something way bigger that's in place prior to these individual views on this one clusterfuck that we find ourselves in right now but each of us has a powerful role to play as we wake up to the trauma that is inside of us, that leads us to experience suffering in our lives and removes or diminishes our capacity to live freely in alignment. People who live freely, you know, so they can freely choose their behaviors and their actions that there's a sense of alignment there. They're not, um, trapped in behavior and thought patterns that they can't get out of people who live with that freedom are not contribute. They're contributing to the positive spiral and it creates a momentum in the community. Life actually wants to grow through us. So being a biological system as a human and as a um, community of humans there's something inside of us that wants to move towards that upward spiral naturally. So I do believe we can create that momentum inside of ourselves and we can create that momentum as a collective and that we can actually contribute to something really significant, which is us using our humanity and our cognition to actually produce more harmony and an upward spiral for us to experience life on this planet for many more years and in a more positive way so actually there's a free workshop on our website so just go to functionalspirituality.com. there is a free workshop i recorded back in september about um, healing complex trauma which i unpack a little bit more about this developmental trauma Um, so feel free to listen to that. I recommend the podcast here on functional spirituality called, I believe I'm a bad person. And I think, you know, zooming out and realizing why, how we got into this situation is much more important than trying to, um, you know, dig our way out only from one end, you know, from being really in it and from having these strong views about how we can fix everything and how, why other people are wrong. So I hope that provides a little bit more of a zooming out and we've got a couple more episodes to go. These, these episodes in the series are definitely informed by the feedback that you're offering me about what is helpful. So yeah, please continue to reach out. I so appreciate when you screenshot the podcast and post it up on your socials. I think there are some good messages here. I've gotten really great feedback about how this is helping you navigate. I hope you have enjoyed and I look forward to chatting with you soon.